sometimes in life we have a hard time getting our message across. Sometimes in life we have a hard time communicating what we need to communicate, but God never has a problem communicating His message. The message God has for us is urgent. The message that God has for us is unmistakable. And the message that God has for us is uplifting. If we are in Christ, we are going to meet Him in the air when He calls out His children. Welcome to the weekly podcast of Independent Methodist Church in Macon, Mississippi. It is our hope that this message will encourage you, strengthen your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. What I want to talk to you about this morning is God's message for you. There was a comedian that told a story about a preacher who went to see a a deacon that had been in the hospital, went to the hospital to visit this man. He walked in the room, when the preacher walked in, the man was asleep, not wanting to wake him, but realizing that he'd driven all that way up there and he felt like he needed to do something, he went to the bedside and he knelt down to pray. He began to pray for God's uh, gracious mercy on this man and pray for healing if it would be his will. But if it was his time to go, we pray that he prayed that God would take him quietly. And after just a minute or so of him praying there by the bedside, the man woke up and he was frantic and he was struggling. And he reached for a pen and paper. He couldn't talk because he had the, the mask on. And he, he scribbled down on some paper. And then about the time he got through writing, he flatlined and died. Three days later, the preacher was standing there at the graveside preaching his funeral. And he was, as he was preaching the message, he was, began to realize he had never looked at that note that the man hurriedly gave him and all the commotion at the hospital. The preacher had just stuck it in his coat pocket and forgotten about it. So in the middle of the service, he thought it would be appropriate for him to let the people gather there hear the man's last words. So he pulled the note out of the, his pocket and told what he was about to do and told the story about the man hurriedly dying and he just jammed it down in his coat pocket in the commotion and as he opened the note up and he read it and it said preacher back up you're cutting the oxygen off I can't breathe (laughs) the man couldn't get his point across he couldn't get his message across sometimes in life we have a hard time getting our message across sometimes in life we have a hard time communicating what we need to communicate but God never has a problem communicating his message Since the beginning of time, God has always found a way to get his message to the people that he wants to hear it. In the Garden of Eden, God walked side by side with Adam and he he talked with him. Later on, when Noah was on the scene, God used a dove to deliver a message of faithfulness and hope. In Numbers chapter 22, God used a donkey to deliver a message of rebuke to Balaam, you remember. In 1 Kings 17, God used ravens to bring a message of provision to Elijah. In Jonah, the book of Jonah, God used a great fish to deliver a message of chastisement to Jonah. He used a crowing rooster to pierce the heart of Simon Peter and to bring him to repentance. 
And God used an angel to speak to the Virgin Mary to let her know that she'd been chosen to be the mother of our Messiah, Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, God used prophets often to, to talk about things and to tell people what His message was. And then in the New Testament, He sent John the Baptist, paving the way for Jesus. John the Baptist preached a message of repentance, that the kingdom of God was at hand. And Jesus, when He began His earthly ministry, He prayed, He He. Uh, continued to spread the message of repentance and that the coming of the kingdom of God and a message of salvation and hope and love. As Jesus was about to ascend, He communicated with the disciples gathered there about how they were to share the message with others. Go into all the world, He said, spreading the gospel, baptizing Him in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And He said, Lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. And those apostles did preach and teach. Century after century, that message has been carried on all the way down to you and me. Teachers and preachers and people of faith have carried God's message on. And so God has always got a message for His people. And that's what we want to look at this morning in 1 Corinthians 15. This, this uh, message that God has for you. Let's look here, starting, start reading in verse 50 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul writes, I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Let's pray. Lord, speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, help us to see the message that you have for us. Hide me behind the cross, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. God has always had a message for His people, and it's still true today. And in this, this uh, chapter 15, this letter to the Corinthians, Paul has a lot of messages in there, a lot of subjects that he talks about. But I want to look at this one here in chapter 15. God has a message to the unbeliever. And it's plain and simple. Jesus Christ, God's Son, was sent, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, was crucified, dead and buried, and raised again on the third day. And through faith in Him, we can be saved. That's God's message for the unbeliever. But God also has a message to the believer. And I think there are three things about that message to the believer that God has. First, the message that God has to the believer is a message of surrender. 
God calls us to surrender daily. Jesus was talking in Luke, the ninth chapter, said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. It's a daily surrender. God's message to the believer is also a message of spiritual maturity and sanctification. He wants us to be growing, to be more and more like Jesus each and every day as we grow in our faith. 1 John 5 and verse 4 talks about this. It says, for everyone born of God, that's the believer, it says, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So it's a message of sanctification and spiritual maturity as we grow in our faith, but also as we grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. And there's a verse in 2 Peter chapter 3, 18. It says this, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's what we're to be doing. When we become a believer, we're to be growing. So not only is God's message to the believer a message of surrender and a message of spiritual maturity and sanctification, it's also a message of service. God calls us to serve Him willingly, wholeheartedly, daily. Listen to Colossians 3, starting in verse 23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it's the Lord Christ you're serving. We're to work wholeheartedly and willingly for the Lord. We're to serve Him in everything that we do, whether it be our jobs, our family life. We're to be doing it as as if we're doing it for the Lord. Because we are. We're to serve Him as we're a believer. God used the Apostle Paul in this uh, chapter 15 that we just read from to 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 bring his message to the church. And so we want to look at that message this morning. And it's summed up in verse 58 that we read. It says, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. The first thing I want you to see about this message that he lists here for us in, in 1 Corinthians 15, it's an urgent message. It's urgent when I was in school at State, I worked uh, for a couple of semesters at the library. I was in the dean's office, and, and I was the, the gopher. I go for this and go for that. But I had the opportunity to take the mail and stamp the mail and retrieve the mail, and sometimes we'd have to go get books that were in the off-site storage facility several miles from campus, and I, we had an old 83 Chevrolet van, and I would go, and we'd have a list, and I'd have to go with a flashlight in that building and pick the books out and bring them back to the library. But another thing that I had to do, I got to go to the transportation office usually every day or two to pick up things that had come in from other universities or from other places, from state governments. And they would come into the transportation office and then I would go pick them up and bring them back to the library or vice versa. One particular day, I I got a good call and they said, you need to go down to the transportation office. You need to go right there and come right back and don't open anything, don't talk to anybody. Some sensitive papers is from Mississippi Sovereignty Commission before the lawsuit where they unveiled all those. And that was some stuff that happened back in the 50s and 60s uh, with civil rights. And so they were, they were not wanting these papers to be seen. Of course, I didn't know all this until I had gone and gotten them. But I got there and I, uh, there was this big box and it was duct taped. You'd have had to take a box cutter to cut it off. But it said urgent, time sensitive rush on there so I brought it back to the library and they put it in special collection and hid it somewhere until 
I guess the lawsuit opened up where they had to disclose all those documents. But uh, it was an urgent message they needed to get back to where it needed to be. And this message that Paul writes here is an urgent message. When Paul was writing this message, nobody knew when the rapture was going to happen, but we knew that he knew that, that Christ was coming and soon, very soon, he would come. And so he tells us there in verse 58, it says, therefore, looking back to what he talked about earlier, he talks about the imminency of Christ's coming, his imminent return. The rapture of the church there in verse 51 and 52. It says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We'll not all sleep, but we'll all be changed in, the fla in a flash. In the twinkling of an eye. They say the average human I read somewhere, they blink 20,000 times a day. That's a lot. But the twinkling of an eye is faster than one blink of the eye. That's how quickly it says he'll come for his church. So that's an urgency to that message. We need to be ready. People are going to be here one moment and gone the next. And the time to prepare is now. Today is the day of salvation. We're not promised the next minute. There's an urgency there to that message. Matthew 24, Jesus was speaking. He said, therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch. It would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. There's some urgency there. Jesus is coming and we don't know when He's coming, but He could come today or this morning. Romans 13, verse 11 and 12 says these words. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. There's a suddenness there. An urgency. Not only is there a suddenness to this message of the rapture. There's a selectiveness of it. There's a selectiveness to it that makes it urgent. It's verse 30, 51 there. It says, we'll not all sleep, but we'll all be changed. And when he says we, he's referring to the saints there, to the church of God, people who are in Christ. He says, we will all be changed. Jesus is coming for his bride and his bride alone. He's only coming for those who have placed their faith in him. In Matthew 24, again, Jesus speaking, he said, two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. We need to be ready because there's a selectiveness of that rapture which makes it urgent. Not only is there a selectiveness, not only is there a suddenness, but there's a sadness to it. There's a sadness to that rapture, to that urgent message. When Jesus steps out on the clouds, those of us who are in Him will be taken up to meet the Lord in the air. We'll be filled with joy. But there'll be millions who'll be left behind, who'll be saddened because they missed it. They won't make the trip. Jesus said in Matthew 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom. We need to make sure that we're in that group that goes when God calls us home. What a day of sadness it'll be for those left behind. And you may be saying, well, preacher, I know I'm going to heaven. I've got that cinched up. And you're joyful about that. And that's good. We should be. 
But there's a sadness to it because what about your unsaved spouse? What about your unsaved child? What about your unsaved family member or co-worker? There's a sadness there to it. And there's an urgency to that message because of the fact that some will be left behind. But not only is this message an urgent message, it's an unmistakable message. It's unmistakable to whom the message is addressed. We talked about that a minute ago. He says, I I declare to you brothers that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. He's talking to the brothers in Christ there, the church. Verse 58, he says, therefore, my dear brothers. So it's unmistakable who he's talking to. He's talking to us, the church. Those who are saved, those who belong to Christ. That's who he's given this message to. And it's unmistakable what the message is about. The New King James Version of of Scripture in verse 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He says there, be steadfast. Steadfast can also mean the word focused. We need to be focused about this urgent message, this unmistakable message. We need to be focused about sharing that gospel message with the lost and dying world. Romans 13, I mentioned it a little bit ago. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. We don't need to let anything take our focus. And we sing the words of that song. Bear the news to every land. Climb the steeps and cross the waves. Onward tis our Lord's command. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Not only do we need to be focused, but we also need to be firm, unmovable. In 1 Corinthians 15, back to the early part of that chapter there in 12 through 14, it talks about those who were preaching that there would be no resurrection. And Paul says, don't let that shake your faith, because it's not true. There are lots of people preaching that falsehood out there, going door to door. Just like there were back in those days. People teaching false stuff. Trying to give you their version of the truth. Well I don't need somebody else's version of the truth. I have Jesus' version of the truth. I don't need a movie or a book to tell me that heaven is real. I have a book. And my Savior says that heaven is real. That's all I need. When it comes to this unmistakable message. We need to be focused. We need to also be firm. And we need to be fully surrendered. Fully surrender to it. In verse 58 it says, give yourselves fully to the work. That means fully surrendered. Are you fully surrendering daily to the work of the Lord? One day each and every one of us is going to stand before the Lord and give an account of what we did. We're going to be held accountable for our service to the Lord. Romans 14 says, talks about this. It says, It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. The message that God has for you and for me is an urgent message. Jesus is coming soon and very soon. It's an unmistakable message to the church. And the message is that He is coming. And that's unmistakable. But the third thing I have you see about this message is the uplifting message. In 58, verse 58 there, the second half, it says, 
I'll just read the, the, it says, Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Your labor, your service that you and I do is never in vain. God's Word says in Isaiah 55 that His, His Word will not return unto Him void. Every phone call, every letter you write, every invitation you give to someone to come to church will not return void. It will not be in vain. You just keep working. You just keep praying. I saw on Facebook uh, uh, the other day that Anthony Hopkins, the, an the uh, guy that was a Silence of the Lambs and an actor, had been a lifelong atheist and alcoholic. Now he's a Christian. Due to somebody's prayer, somebody's persistent prayer, not giving up because it's not in vain. But your work has to be in the Lord. It has to be to glorify Him. It can't be to glorify yourself or to glorify your church. The glory has to be to Jesus. In Acts 5, 5th chapter of Acts, the apostles have been preaching and they got thrown in jail. And the angel of the Lord came and led them out of jail and said, you go and you preach. So they went back out the next morning and they began to preach. And the Sanhedrin saw them and they had them call back in and they questioned them, why are you doing this? We, we put you in jail. How'd you get out? What, you know, what are you doing? They said, we can't obey God. We can't obey men but God. That's what we're to do. And they told them about how Jesus had been crucified and had been killed and hung on a tree and God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior. And then the council wanted to put him to death because of it. But Gamaliel stood up. And he said, if this is from man, it will fail. But if it's from God, it will not fail. And you'll be fighting against God. Nobody can fight against God and win. He's going to win. His, his way is going to be the way that ends up thriving and, and surviving. And this message is an uplifting message because of that. It's an uplifting message because it's true. We know it's true. God's word is true. God always keeps his promises. Johnny Carson had uh, Reverend Billy Graham on his show one time. And you know how Johnny was. He always liked to ask questions that let you know what he thought. He said, Billy, I suppose if Jesus were to come back to earth again, we'd probably do him in again. Just like we did the first time. And Reverend Graham leaned up to him and said, Billy, said Johnny, you know, the Bible we read that Jesus predicted that he would return to earth again. The first time he came in love, willingly gave himself up, out of love for us. But the second time, he's coming in power and nobody's going to do him in. That's an uplifting message. The message God has for us is urgent. The message that God has for us is unmistakable. And the message that God has for us is uplifting. If we are in Christ, we are going to meet him in the air when he calls out his children. Soon and very soon. So if you're not one of his this morning, or maybe somebody online that will watch later is not one of his, he just asks you to come to him by faith. Say, yes, Lord Jesus. Be my Savior and Lord. Confess your sins, and he will save you. And you'll join that heavenly throne when the roll is called up yonder, as we'll sing in just a minute. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we're grateful for 
the fact that you do make a way for us so that we can, at the end of days, when you step out on the clouds to call us home, we'll join you to meet you in there. We praise you for that. You're worthy of worship and praise as we sang earlier. We give you all the honor and glory. Lord, forgive our sins. Help us to be strengthened in our faith. Help us to be strengthened in our resolve to share this urgent, unmistakable, uplifting message that Jesus Christ is Lord and through Him we can be saved. Give us the strength to do that, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.